Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. College football week one is in the books. And if you are a Florida State Seminole fan, I think you have to be a little bit nervous. If you're a Virginia Tech Hokie fan, I think you have to be a little bit ecstatic. And that is the story that we saw last night in what was an utter road beatdown delivered by Virginia Tech on the road in Florida State for the debut of Willie Taggart. And last night, as soon as I saw this beatdown, I stayed up to watch it all, I was trying to think of, man, contextually, how many worse debuts have we seen than Willie Taggart last night with Florida State? Florida State was a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and they lost by 21. Uh, and, man, it, you guys immediately, you can find me on Twitter, deluged me with all the suggestions that you guys had. And, uh, and there are several good examples. First of all, Willie Taggart had a previous disaster at – South Florida when he lost 53 to 21 
to McNeese State. It's one of the worst uh, beatdowns ever. Um, then you have the beatdown at home that uh, that or on the road, sorry, that Chip Kelly took. So kind of a fun test and fun question to take you back through a recent history of college football. Do you remember Chip Kelly's debut at Oregon? Some of you will. It was the Garrett Blunt punch game when Boise State just flat out dominated Oregon in that game, and it was a utter, utter beatdown. Now, Chip Kelly also just lost his opener at UCLA to Cincinnati, um, which is a pretty bad loss, probably. And then you follow it up with Chip Kelly going to UCLA in week two. That's pretty difficult. Matt Rule at Baylor lost to Liberty at home last year. Now, Baylor is an utter mess, right? There's no doubt that Baylor with Matt Rule last year was, I mean, I think Baylor finished, what, 1-11? In the wake of all the scandals surrounding Baylor, that was a program on total wobbly ground. So not a huge surprise that that would happen. Tom Herman at Texas has now lost the first game of the year two years in a row to Maryland. That's not a very good look for the Texas football program. Some people were saying, oh, Jeremy Pruitt got beat by West Virginia. I don't know. When you're a double-digit underdog in a game, I don't think it's a surprise when you lose by double digits. So I think this is an intriguing question in general. Um, How nervous should you be if you are a Florida State Seminole fan, particularly given that Willie Taggart has a losing record overall and because you lost a national championship winning coach. I don't claim to know the answer overall. I would suggest it's not ideal. It does, however, complete the overall college football weekend, and it allows me to dive into my top 10, which I think we have music for, and I can give you all of the uh, all the rankings in my mind, given uh, that we are now done with week one in college football. Let me cue up the music. Let me see if the boys can make it happen. Do we have top 10 music? Is the music really that important? What do you think, Danny G? Do we need the music for the, for the final top 10 of the outkick? Yeah, uh, I think so, Clay, because it makes it sound very official. It's a good point. I mean, it definitely takes it to the next level. All right, let's hear the top 10 music here for the college football. Week one is now in the books. Everyone has played. Let's hear the music. Roberto's giving me the signal that he needs 30 more seconds to pull it. So let's stall you and I together on national radio. Yeah, there it is. Nice. The one thing I was going to tell you, Clay, was anytime you're watching a college football game and there's a blocked punt and a touchdown ensues, action. I, I was I was hyped watching that defense last night. Yeah, Virginia Tech in general. I mean, the, the thing about the, the loss by Florida State last night was every possible way it felt like that a head coach can make bad decisions, it felt like it all happened there. Does that make sense? Like everything that could go wrong, whether it was yep. Florida State felt like they scored, and I think they did. 
but they were running such a fast offense that they didn't allow instant replay a chance to have it breathe. Now you can still say instant replay should have still buzzed them, but that's the kind of thing where I think coaching feel should come into play. And obviously it's not just Taggart, it's his entire coaching staff, but they aren't a uh, very you know sort of cohesive whole yet as a coaching staff. So who's going to speak up? Who has the coach's ear? Who's going to make important decisions on the sideline? I think all these things are good questions. All right, I actually now have, uh, I think, a pretty good top 10. So let's roll. And again, the way that I rank my OutKick top 10 is based on actual on-the-field performance. In other words, I'm ranking teams based on what we saw, not what we expect to see. So if you played an FCS opponent like Clemson, like uh, Georgia, I'm not going to rank you as a great team, even though we may well believe that you are a great team. Does that make sense? Clemson played Furman, and Georgia played Austin P. I, I, nothing had happened in those games other than the team losing, the meaning Georgia or Clemson getting blown out or losing a game which you had no anticipation they could lose, is going to factor in there because you don't learn that much when your squad plays an FCS opponent. So here we go. I am giving value to playing Big Five Conference foes and playing high-level FBS competition. In the 10 spot, I have Ole Miss. Ole Miss, the Rebels are in the 10 spot. Huge win with the Jordan-Tamu era. They broke out uh, a new quarterback given that Shea Patterson had transferred to Michigan, and they didn't miss a, a beat in taking down Texas Tech, really big beat down there. In the nine spot, I don't think they're a top 10 team, but they faced a great deal of adversity. They managed to overcome it, and it felt good for the guys who had done nothing wrong to be able to find a little bit of hope in what had been a very dark situation. They still don't have their head coach back. Who knows what's going to end up happening? DJ Durkin is still out. The Maryland Terrapins. The Maryland Terrapins I have got as the overall number nine squad right now in the eight spot. In the eight spot, I I think this is a good look. They played against FAU, right? And FAU is obviously a very good squad. And even though they aren't a high-level team, Lane Kiffin's team had won a lot of games in a row. And that's why I have got Oklahoma in my eight spot. In my seven spot. Virginia Tech, the Hokies on an absolute beatdown. You know what? I need to rethink that. In my seven spot, Ohio State. Ohio State put up 77 on Oregon State, but they weren't necessarily that great defensively. They gave up over 30 points. Would make me a little bit nervous. In my sixth spot, West Virginia. They beat the crap out of the Tennessee Volunteers. They were a double-digit favorite, but in the second half, Will Greer was on fire. That's why I've got West Virginia sliding in at the sixth spot in the five spot the virginia tech Hokies got a massive win over a rival like florida state in conference to start the game on the start the season on the road i've got virginia tech as the number five team in the outkick top 10 number four auburn tigers get a big win over washington number three notre dame notre dame takes down in impressive fashion Michigan. Number two, LSU put the beat down on Miami. And the number one most impressive team in my mind, the Alabama Crimson Tide. That is the outkick top 10. That is the final edition of week one. Now, for everybody out there who's like, where's Clemson again? P, 
people can't follow the criteria. I judge you based on what you do on the field against top competition. If Clemson looks great on the road in College Station this weekend against FSU's old coach in Jimbo Fisher, then I will reassess. I'll go back in and I will recalibrate my rankings as I do every week and I'll put Clemson in there. If Georgia looks great on the road against South Carolina, then the Georgia Bulldogs will go into my list. But so far, neither of those teams have been tested, and therefore I'm not willing to put them in my top 10. I adjust immensely uh, from week to week to start the season. All throughout September, there's lots of big jumps and lots of big falls. All of that takes place, and it is a lot of fun. You can search it out at outkick.com if you would like to see my top 10. Also, read my columns about uh, college football. I put up a column every Sunday if you are a college football fan. All right. It's the story that will not die. By the way, before I get to that, let me give you a couple of uh, couple of Twitter polls that I put up last night, and I'm curious what you guys think of these things. I, uh, I went on last night as soon as this game ended between Virginia Tech and, uh, and Florida State. And I asked the question, who had the best win in week one in college football? Best top 25 win. In other words, you had to beat a top 25 opponent. And I gave you the four options. Auburn over Washington. Notre Dame over Michigan. Virginia Tech over Florida State. Or LSU over Miami. 18,000 of you voted last night. You can still vote. Find me on Twitter at Clay Travis and pour in your vote. But this was a walk-off. 47% of you said LSU over Miami. Second spot was Auburn over Washington. Third spot, Virginia Tech over FSU. And in the fourth spot, Notre Dame over Michigan. I also asked the question, another 17,000 of you voted last night, who got a bigger beatdown, Miami or Florida State? Two historically proud programs in the ACC in the same state. Both of them took it on the chin. 57% of you said Florida State. Now, I know we got a lot of Seminole fans out there. I know we got a lot of Hurricane fans listening. I think that's about accurate. Neither one of those teams did you expect to get a beatdown. Both of them were favored, and both of them got thoroughly whipped. Now, Miami at least fought, fought back. Florida State never really made a run. Um, so, uh, so that was pretty, uh, that was a pretty bad, uh, beat down in general. So, um, now we broke down those games. Uh, we'll open up phone lines, 877-996-6369. If you want to react to anything that you saw in week one of college football, we took a lot of calls yesterday. We did a show live Labor Day. Encourage you to go download it. We discussed everything in college football for three hours But maybe a lot of you were not going to work. Maybe you weren't up uh, moving around like you normally are because it was a holiday. So we will take your calls. Danny G will field them, 877-996-6369. And when we return, I will discuss the story that will not die that I think has actually a bunch of fascinating details associated with it. Nike has decided to pay Colin Kaepernick millions of dollars to be one of the faces of its 30th anniversary campaign as a company. This has, I think, all sorts of unbelievable ramifications associated with it. 
I think the NFL has to be furious because Nike is the official apparel and shoe company of the league. And I want to get your reaction to that. But before you react to that, I want to give college football reactors the first opportunity to jump in. And I also think on top of that, that the other angle that is worth uh, that is worth breaking down here is um, what will be the impact on Nike's business. But all of that I will discuss. I'll give you my read. I'll give you my layout on uh, the latest drama surrounding Colin Kaepernick and the story that will not die. But first, if you want to react to college football, you have that opportunity. 877-996-6369 is the phone number. Also, summer's here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing so you can be a part of the action. With free services from AutoZone, you can't lose. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We're in the zone here. Your calls and Colin Kaepernick and Nike absurdity will discuss next on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in Outkick the Coverage Tuesday edition. We rolling on in the Geico Outkick studios where car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Colin Kaepernick, the story that will not die. It's like the boy who would not die in the Harry Potter stories. This is the story that will not die. And there is a massive amount of interest in what Nike has decided to do. So before anybody out there starts tweeting, well, the only reason this story exists because you talk about it. No. I mean, I wish that I was the arbiter of all that is huge in the world of sports and beyond and only stories existed if I talked about them. I wish I had that magic wand. I wish I had that ability to just wave it above my head and say, like, this story is huge. This story is not huge. Not really me. As much as I think that that maybe should be the case. Because I definitely believe that I am a genius when it comes to stories. Nike released yesterday a new ad, which is out and that is basically the exact opposite of everything that I argue in my new book. My new book is called Republicans Buy Sneakers 2. That is a famous quote attributed to Michael Jordan when he was asked why he did not get political during his career. And that is, a, the, uh, that is basically the role model that most athletes followed throughout the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s was everybody tried to be what I would call the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods of sports where basically you might have had an opinion on abortion or some other flashpoint issue, gun control, the Second Amendment, whatever it is out there that I'm probably not going to convince you that your opinion is wrong on, you probably, if you were an athlete, didn't feel compelled to speak out and, quote, share your, use your platform. It's a big phrase now. Oh, you got to use your platform. Really? I don't know. I don't think it's smart. My position is, if you're an athlete, you should try to appeal to everybody, whether they voted for Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Gary Johnson or whoever else it might be. But Nike has made the decision to come out with this slogan, and it is, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything 
that is uh, that is Nike with Colin Kaepernick. Now, the irony here is that Colin Kaepernick is actually making millions of dollars now from Nike as a result of this ad. So he's making more money from this than he would be making if he were a backup quarterback in the NFL. These are the details from Charles Robinson at Yahoo Sports. It's a wide endorsement. He's going to have his own branded line, shoes, shirts, jerseys. I don't know what the jersey will be for (laughs) because he's not actually an athlete. There will be Kaepernick apparel. Contract is a star deal on par with a top-end NFL player. He will make millions per year from Nike. The star deal also includes royalties. Now, several things that immediately jump out that I want to unpack here that I don't think are controversial. First of all, and you guys can help me in studio there, I don't believe there is anyone out there in general that makes millions of dollars from a shoe company and is not one of the best in the world at what they do. In other words, this is a pretty substantial departure for any shoe company. You may not like Steph Curry, but he makes millions of dollars from Under Armour because he's really good at basketball. You may not like LeBron James, but he makes millions of dollars from Nike because he's really good at basketball. I think James Harden is with Adidas. Like I could run through all of the different lists of available people out there who have shoe contracts. Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, virtually every single person that you think of. Mike Trout. All of those guys are the best or among the best at what they do. I can't think of a shoe company signing a guy who is not a current pro athlete, and even if that person were a current pro athlete, that person is not in any way one of the best at what they do in the world, right? Even the most diehard Colin Kaepernick fan on the planet would be hard-pressed to argue that he would be any better than the 25th to 35th or 40th best quarterback in the NFL. Right on that borderline at the absolute best between being one of the worst starters in the NFL or one of the better backups. I think that's a fair approximation if you reasonably look at Colin Kaepernick. Okay? So the slogan in and of itself doesn't actually make sense. And not that I'm a huge, uh, you know, like truther when it comes to slogans and advertising, but he hasn't actually sacrificed everything because he's making millions of dollars to be a spokesperson, millions of dollars more than he ever would have made if he were just a backup quarterback in the NFL. That doesn't even contemplate a higher degree of relevance that he is going to have, right? Here's another larger issue. Nike is the apparel and shoe company of the NFL. You talk about throwing your partner under the bus. The week that the NFL kicks off, when they are finally starting to put all of the controversy surrounding off-the-field issues to bed, when it's finally possible for everybody out there 
to say, you know what, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen in this Eagles and this Saint, uh, and, and this Falcons game that's going to start on Thursday with the NFL season, two days from now, Nike releases this targeted ad campaign on a Monday, right before the NFL season starts. This would be, I think, a really aggressive and brilliant move if Reebok or Adidas or Under Armour was the official apparel of the NFL because then you're throwing the NFL under the bus and you're throwing a competitor under the bus and as a fan of brutal capitalism of the competition between companies I think that would be brilliant but we're not talking about that happening here Nike is throwing the NFL under the bus I don't think the NFL has issued an official comment yet But this is not the kind of behavior you would expect from a partner. If the NFL had any balls at all, they'd come out and say, you know what, we're canceling this deal with Nike because they have violated the terms of our contract by endorsing a guy who is currently suing the league and basically making the subtext of their entire advertising campaign, the NFL is awful. On top of this, This, to me, is the crux of the issue. I fundamentally reject the idea that every company and every entity that exists in America today has to decide that they have to come down on the side of a political issue. I think this is bad business across the board. I don't think Nike is prepared for the blowback that they are going to get from this. Moreover, I think it stands for the exact opposite of everything that Nike has stood for in the past. The Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods campaigns, which I would imagine are the two most successful athlete campaigns that have ever existed in the history of Nike. And we know this because in 2016, Michael Jordan, the Air Jordan brand of Jordan shoes, still sold more shoes than every current NBA player did in the league combined. LeBron, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, all of them. And I, by the way, I'd put Kobe probably there as one of the top three most successful Nike campaigns ever too. If I were ranking them, and none of those guys are remotely political by and large. They made their statements in their sports based on their excellence on the field, on the court. To me, when you look at this, what Nike is saying is... You need to be making decisions now about what you are going to do with your purchase power based on politics when it comes to shoes. And I'll be honest with you. Personally, if I'm out shopping for tennis shoes, you can say, like, what, you're a 39-year-old guy. It's not like you're buying tennis shoes like crazy. You're not a sneakerhead. That's true. But I will choose not to buy Nike because they are giving millions of dollars to Colin Kaepernick. That is my response that I will make to Nike products based on this decision they have made. I can just as easily buy Under Armour. In fact, I'm an Under Armour shareholder, so I should probably be doing that anyway. I can just as easily buy Reebok. I can just as easily buy New Balance or Skechers or whatever the hell else it is. There are plenty of sneaker companies out there that I can give my business to. And I will make a calculated decision on behalf of myself not to buy Nike gear. I'm not going to do it. 
I'm not going to give them money out of my pocket. How much does that cost Nike individually for me? A couple hundred dollars maybe. I might spend a couple hundred dollars a year on shoes and apparel, and that's money that I'm not going to give Nike. Are there thousands of people like me, hundreds of thousands, millions? Are there some people who will do the exact opposite? Maybe. I think this is going to be a net negative for Nike. And I think the other thing is parents buy a lot of shoes. I am guaranteeing you, I got three boys. When we go out to buy shoes, and that's where a lot of shoes get bought because my kids' feet grow fast, I'm going to suggest that we not buy Nikes. Now, if one of my kids throws a fit and says, oh, I have to have the latest Kyries or I have to have the latest LeBrons or whatever it is, is it possible that I would end up buying those anyway because I don't want to have to deal with a, a kid who's mad at me? Maybe. But I'll also push them in the direction of getting another company's shoes. And it could be that this is a decision in my own pocketbook that Nike has made that will end up costing Nike thousands of dollars over the next several years from me. And why do I think that matters? Prior to Nike making the decision to get all political and give Colin Kaepernick millions of dollars, I would not have contemplated at all what shoe company I was giving money to. I just wouldn't. And I think there are a lot of people out there that will make that same decision. Now, Nike might well have done the calculus, and they might have decided, hey, you know what? The value that we're going to get from Colin Kaepernick's brand is going to cancel out the people like Clay Travis who are not going to give us their money. Maybe that's true. I tend to think it's not. I tend to think the people who love Nike already are probably not going to spend more money on product. And I tend to think there are a lot of people like me who make decisions on a day-to-day basis. Oh, I'll buy those shoes for my kid. Oh, I won't. Oh, I'll buy that jersey. Oh, I won't. That will make decisions that are different than they would have if Nike had never decided to get political. And I think overall, this is a bad direction for the country to go in. I don't think I should be walking around in a sporting goods store analyzing the politics of different companies to make decisions about whether or not I buy a particular brand. But I think that's the decision that Nike has put me in by giving millions of dollars to Colin Kaepernick. I don't like Colin Kaepernick. I don't agree with his protest. I think he has been bad for overall American sports in general. I think he has taken one of the few places in American life that used to not be 100% political, and he has made it political. I don't think there is a benefit in any way to this discussion that suddenly we have ended up in with Colin Kaepernick. I don't think it's remotely helpful. Again, I spent a lot of time thinking about this, writing about it, and I think this is a calculated attempt for Nike to try to make money off of social justice warriordom. I think it's a really bad decision by Nike. I think, frankly, this is the kind of decision you make when you have a whole lot of people who all have the exact same political belief inside your boardroom. You got a lot of left-wingers at Nike. I think they all sat around. I don't think they know what the middle part of the country is. I don't think they have Donald Trump voters working at Nike. And I think, crazily, Republicans buy sneakers too. I think Michael Jordan was right about this. I think Tiger Woods was right when he said he respected the office of the president. I think Nike is putting us right smack dab back in the culture wars 
and I think it is an awful move for their brand. You may disagree with me. You may even be sitting there saying, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy thousands of dollars more in Nike. I think what has been shown is that if you alienate a segment of the population and you're trying to appeal to everyone, this is important. People might say, well, Clay, you're alienating people by having an opinion on this. Yeah. Every single opinion I have alienates some segment of my audience because they're like, oh, I don't agree with that. But I don't have to appeal to everyone. We're growing rapidly on this show. My uh, editor just told me, hey, you're on track to have your new book debut on the New York Times bestseller list right now. I don't know if it's going to happen. I hope it is. I hope all of you go buy that book. But I don't have to appeal to everybody. But if I were in the business of having to try to appeal to everyone, I would be a lot more circumspect about sharing every opinion that I have. What percentage of Nike's overall revenue do you think comes from people who vote Republican? 30%? 40%? 50%? I don't know. I hope Nike has that data. I guarantee you that at least half of Donald Trump voters, at least half of them, are going to consider how they spend money based on this Colin Kaepernick decision. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And that means that in order to make up for their decisions, for people like me who didn't even vote for Donald Trump that are middle of the road and just think this is a bad move for Nike, I'm not going to spend my personal dollars on Nike products. I'll leave hundreds of dollars that I would have otherwise put into Nike's corporate coffers. It'll go to Under Armour. It'll go to Reebok. It'll go to Adidas. It'll go to some other company that they compete with. Are there other people out there that will make up for my money that I don't spend? I doubt it. I really do. Are there a ton of people out there that are like, oh, you know what? I think I want to buy Colin Kaepernick products. I don't buy it. Woke sports is not a business model. ESPN went full-on MSESPN woke sports, and you know what happened? Their ratings collapsed, and they're now in the business of trying to walk back every decision that they made for the past couple of years. To me, this is like ESPN deciding to give an ESPY to Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner wasn't an athlete when she got an ESPY. She hadn't been relevant as an athlete for 20 or 30 years, and when she got that ESPY, she was relevant as a male athlete, not as a female athlete. Colin Kaepernick is not presently an athlete. You might not like Tiger Woods. You might not like Serena Williams. You might not like Michael Jordan. You might not like any of the other big spokespersons that Nike has had. But I think you would have to acknowledge that all of them were the best in their sports. Andre Agassi. Been a lot of con- Pete Sampras. There have been a lot of controversial stars that Nike has given a lot of money to. But they were all among the best athletes at what they did in their sport. Never before in my mind has a world of sports decided we're going to pay this person millions of dollars even though he's not one of the best in his sport. We're going to open up phone lines 877-996-6369. Uh, we will let you react to uh, this decision. 
And uh, But first, let me go to Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking the world of sports. Well, Clint, let's start with the Geico scoreboard from College Football Battle of Ranked Teams. Number 20, Virginia Tech wins at number 19, Florida State, 24-3. to Hokies quarterback Josh Jackson passed for 207 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Seminoles lose at home in head coach Willie Taggart's debut with the program. Tennis Roger Federer was upset by journeyman John Millman in four sets in the fourth round of the U.S. Open last night. Millman's from Australia. He's not ranked in the top 50 in the world. Federer had 10 double-digit faults. In baseball games of note, Rockies over the Giants 9-8. Colorado moves back on top in the NL West. They're a half game up on L.A. Dodgers fall to the Mets 4-2. Diamondbacks are a game and a half out in the NL West after losing to the Padres 6-2. Brewers edge the Cubs 4-3. Milwaukee's four back in the NL Central behind Chicago. Cardinals lose to the Nationals 4-3-10. St. Louis still one game up on L.A. for the last wildcard spot in the National League. Astros top the Twins 4-1. The A's beat the Yankees 6-3, so Houston still has a two-and-a-half game lead on Oakland atop the AL West. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Your reactions... It's probably going to get interesting next. 877-996-6369 on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Summer's here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing so you can be a part of the action. With free services from AutoZone, you can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Uh, we are in the process of having all your calls fielded. We got loaded lines. We'll go to those in a moment. 877-996-6369. Uh, maybe we'll do that almost at the top of uh, of our two um, as we uh, as we roll through the show. Um, let me hit a couple. We were talking about Kaepernick, obviously. Let me hit a uh, couple of facts that I think are interesting from the Virginia Tech game while uh, Danny is fielding all those calls. Um Florida State and Miami, the last time both schools started 0-1, 1975. You want a stat that's going to blow your mind. That's from my guy Chris Felica, uh, who does a lot of research for College Game Day. If Florida State and Miami, if you had to go all the way back, when was the last time they both started 0-1? It was 1975. Pretty wild uh, stat there. This is also incredible. How good was Virginia Tech's defense? Of Florida State's 63 offensive plays last night, 35 went for zero or negative yards, highest percentage of negative plays for the Seminoles since November 25th of 2006. That Virginia Tech defense was stifling. Also now, a decent chance that Virginia Tech is 5-0 and potentially that Notre Dame is 5-0 when the Fighting Irish travel into Blacksburg, Virginia, for what would be an incredible, incredible, I think, game in general. All right, let's get to a couple of your calls. If I don't get to you, and I may well not get to you, then I will take your calls to start hour two, 877-996-6369. Let's go to Rodney in Florida. What's up, Rodney? Hey, Clay. Good morning, Clay. Good morning. I've been listening to you, uh, this issue, quite often. Uh, pretty much listen to you every day, and I do love your show. I don't agree with all your stuff, but I do. I simply love your show. I listen to it every morning, all the way to work. But I'm a little appreciate confused. that. I'm a little confused because initially you you mentioned that 
it was smart that Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods didn't get political because it was going to hurt their brand. And, and Michael Jordan's book was Republicans wear sneakers and, and everybody, Republicans and, and uh, Democrat both wear sneakers. I mean, by like, I mean, they're, they're, they're Michael Jordan's brand, so it would have hurt them. But because someone from Nike decided and the advertising decided to, to, to um, go with what Captain R said, and you, you said now he's making money, but it's not the same thing. He's making money. What, I don't understand the confusion. He's, he's making money. Yeah, I don't think he decided to do that. That's I think it's look. Decision. No, no, no. I don't think it's a bad for Colin Kaepernick. I, look, Colin Kaepernick can do whatever he wants to make money. I think it's bad for Nike. Look, I, I think it's brilliant for Colin Kaepernick to get to make millions of dollars, even though he's not a pro athlete anymore from a sports apparel company. I don't. I don't think there's nothing wrong with Colin Kaepernick's decision. If somebody wants to give you millions of dollars to continue to do what you're already doing, then take the money. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I got three years on this contract. If somebody else offers me infinitely more money, I'm probably going to take that, uh, that offer at some point, right? I mean, ultimately, everybody, I believe in capitalism. I believe in free markets. What I'm saying is I don't think it's a good move for Nike. I think Michael Jordan saying Republicans buy sneakers too is good for my- Nike because he's trying to sell his product to the entirety of the nation, which is how Air Jordan became such a massive brand, because Michael Jordan is trying to appeal to everyone. Tiger Woods followed that lead. He knows that Republicans buy golf clubs. And I, by the way, I don't know if Tiger Woods is a Republican or a Democrat. I don't know if Michael Jordan is a Republican or a Democrat. But Michael Jordan saying Republicans buy sneakers too suggests that he's a Democrat, Right. And so I think that it is what is great about sports is that ideally it cuts across all of our divisions. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever you are, when you turn to give a high five to somebody in a football stadium because your team has just scored, you don't think about how they voted in the presidential election. You are a member of the same tribe. When your city comes together to root for a team, it brings together everybody, regardless of whether they were born in America or whether they're an immigrant, whether their parents are millionaires or whether their parents are on food stamps. It is a uniting, not a dividing uh, aspect. That is what is great about sports. What I think is unfortunate is Colin Kaepernick has turned sports into politics by any other name, and now Nike is going to put tens of millions of dollars behind his vantage point. I think it's a bad one. More on this next on OutKick. Welcome in, Outkick the Coverage Tuesday edition. Uh, We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Virginia Tech, massive beatdown of Florida State and Willie Taggart's debut. The ACC Coastal looking very interesting in the wake of uh, Virginia Tech's statement game, maybe. Just possibly we're going to get 5-0 and Virginia Tech against 5-0 and uh, Notre Dame in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. That, my friends, would be an incredible game to look forward to in the college football universe. Week one of college football is in the books. I ran through my top 10. I encourage you to go download the podcast. We set an all-time download record in August. I'm confident we're going to do the same in September as well. 
Uh, we are taking your calls, reacting. You can react to whatever you would like. Uh, college football the weekend that just happened or the way we just finished hour one was talking about Nike's decision to give Colin Kaepernick millions of dollars a year to be a front-facing spokesperson for their 30th anniversary campaign of the Just Do It uh, advertisements. 877-996-6369. Roll in. Danny G will uh, answer the phone calls and we will talk with you. Up next, by the way, next segment, Alex Marvez Uh, NFL uh, is two days away. We will kick off the NFL season with uh, the defending Super Bowl champs. If you just got into a time machine and I said that, you'd be like, oh my God, really? Defending Super Bowl champs of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will be hosting the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday. Make sure the fantasy lineups are set. Make sure you're getting in your gambling uh, bets. By the way, we are officially doing dress rehearsal this week on my new show on FS1 that I'll be a part of called Lock It In. Uh, with Rachel Bonetto, with Cousin Sal from The Ringer, uh, and uh, and from The Jimmy Kimmel Show, and also with my guy Todd Furman, who you've heard a lot on this show. We will debut six days from now. Six days from now, on September 10th, we will debut a brand new show on FS1 at 4.30 Eastern. So as if I weren't working enough already, I'll still be doing this show. I'll still be doing everything else that I already do and just will be adding on that new show. So it's officially dress rehearsal week for me on the new TV show. What you got for me, Danny G? So are they going to give you a dress code? Yeah, my dress code is, well, actually they're sending me wardrobe, although it Uh, hasn't arrived at my house yet. With a stylist? Uh, well, the stylist, so I got trained in makeup and they sent, you know, you're turning into a diva <laughs> when you're a man and a full bag of makeup arrives that you're supposed to put powder on your face. Uh, Laura um, was uh, wow. jealous. She's like, I, where's the makeup being delivered to me? Yeah. I mean, I've never put makeup on myself and I tried to get trained in it. I feel, I don't want to be like, uh, the old woman who puts on way too much makeup. So I think it's probably likely that I'm not going to put that much makeup on at all just to make sure I'm not like shining in the bright lights, uh, which I haven't even turned on here. You know, I've got a home studio now for television, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, but, uh, but I think that, uh, in general, it will be a, uh, we'll see how it goes, um, uh, on the new show. I mean, I think it's going to be good. The tests are going well. But until you sit down and flip the switch and suddenly go live, you never know how one of these shows is going to take off or 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 or, or frankly crash land uh, in, uh, on debut. And then we got a lot of them to do. You know, it reminds me of that line in Major League where like uh, everybody's really nervous before they go out on the field for the first time and wild things like sitting there tossing a baseball and like you know, and uh, and the old uh, veteran catcher walks around. He's like. Ease up, bud. We got 161 more of these games, right? I mean, we got a lot of shows to do. So uh, I always say television is a little bit like the NCAA tournament. You do it, and if you do it well enough, they tell you to come back the next day, and you hope that uh, that you get to keep doing that for as long as you can. Um, but uh, but we'll see how it goes. I haven't asked you guys before we go to phone lines, 877-996-6369. What do you think? Are you more or less likely to buy Nikes if Colin Kaepernick is involved with them or no more likely at all? Well, it's funny we're talking about wardrobe, your wardrobe for the TV show coming up. Because my, my wardrobe, by the way, I've got to be suit jacket and button down. So uh, not <laughs> ah, really. And by the way, I can wear shorts. Like my pants don't matter because I'm just a talking head. So nobody's so going to see you from the waist the down. Will not be seen from the waist down. All right, cool. We won't have to see your flip flops. Yes, <laughs> I yeah. My wardrobe growing up has always involved Nike. I just, for whatever reason, I love Jordans as a kid, like millions of people do. Air Force, 
any sort of Nike, the Nike uh, low tops I've always liked, and I rock the black Nike socks, and I have Air Forces on with black Nike socks right now. It's just always been part of my wardrobe. That's not going to, of course, make me stop wearing Nike. It's not going to make me buy more Nikes either. So I'm right. It will have zero impact on you. No, none. Yeah. What about you? Uh, uh, is uh, is Eddie Garcia there? I am. Uh, what do you think? Is this? Uh, and by the way, before I get to that, day, do you think it's a good idea? Like I have, I have never in my life thought about a apparel decision I am going to make from a political perspective. Right? Never in my life have I remotely made a decision like that in the world of athletics. Now, I might have bought gear. Uh, because I liked an athlete or I didn't like an athlete, but I would never be like, oh, I'm not buying this because of this athlete or because of this company. I am being honest with you, as I try to do every single day. I will think about that now with Nike. Never have before. Uh, will you? Do you think it's good business for a sport? And I think there are lots of people, regardless of which side of the equation you're going to come down on. A lot of people will say what you said, which is this will have zero impact on me. And a lot of people will say what I said. It will have an impact one way or the other. Uh, do you think it's good for a sports company to basically choose a political side? I honestly do not know what's going to happen with Nike. It, it's a question. Yeah, too. it's a question mark. I uh, time is going to tell. I've heard people very passionate on the side you took, and I've heard people, especially on my Instagram, especially in the hip hop industry, where I have friends that I used to work with where they were celebrating yesterday so I've seen and heard both sides and I'm trying to have an open mind with it like I said it doesn't affect me as far as what I'm going to purchase but that's never been the case growing up I had a poster of Bo Jackson on my wall but if I didn't like the way his shoes looked I didn't want to buy them just because they were Bo Jackson's so for me it was always more you know visual what does the shoe look like how's it going to look with the rest of my clothes my purchases were never because it was attached to a certain athlete does this impact your decision making in any way eddie and is it good for nike to make a decision like this i don't think it's good for nike i think that people by and large uh if they're turned off by something it's more likely that they will not buy something Rather than the opposite, I don't think that. I think uh, that's a. I think that's a strong argument. Yeah, I don't think people are going to say, "Oh, I, I support Colin Kaepernick," but they're not going to go out and spend their money on Nikes just because of that. I don't think. As far as how it will impact me, I don't think it'll impact me either way. Um, I'm, I'm not a, a fan of Colin Kaepernick's stance uh, in taking knee for the anthem. But if I really want some sort of product and it happens to have a swoosh on it, I probably will still buy it. What about you, Roberto? Uh, how would this impact you one way or the other, if at all? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't impact me either way. I'm not gonna say if he comes out with some nice shoes and I like them, they fit nice. Yeah, I'll buy them. I'm not gonna buy them just because they're Colin Kaepernick. That doesn't really affect me either way. But I, I do think it's not a good decision by Nike. They do have a contract with the NFL, and I'm. I'm thinking that, that to me is yeah, an unbelievable that's, that's part of this story. Yeah. And we're going to ask Alex Marvez about that because he's pretty plugged in with the NFL. He's going to join us next, and we'll obviously talk about the NFL games themselves. And here's the other thing. I think one role that is definitely important here is parents. I make decisions for my, uh, my uh, shoes or my clothes, right, which is fine, like a lot of you out there do. But I also make decisions for my kids, and I buy a lot more athletic apparel for my kids than I do for me because they're constantly shifting from one sport to another. We need baseball cleats. We need, uh, you know, we need sneakers for uh, for the new basketball season. Their shoes are their feet are constantly growing. 
I don't know what percentage of the uh, Nike business is predicated on kids, but I would think it would be pretty substantial. All right, let me run through your calls now. We got loaded lines coming in from everywhere. Uh, who should I go to first, uh, Mike? In, yeah, Jacksonville's in the house. Mike in Jacksonville, Florida. What's up, Mike? Hey, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to know, do you have dirt on somebody at Nike? Because, I mean, this ad campaign, I know it's for Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> but it's going to sell you a lot of books, man. Like, uh, it I, is, smell more it, co- I smell more collusion with you and Nike than I do with the NFL and Colin Kaepernick. It is amazing. Uh, Mike, <laughs> wow, that's, a, here for that's, a minute, a, Mike. that's a good point. Oh. The minute this came out, this ad campaign came, campaign came out, I actually found out about it because my guy Old Takes Exposed, Fred Siegel, who writes at Outkick, texted me and he was like, oh my God, you know, Nike is just trying to sell your book, Republicans <laughs> Buy Sneakers 2, uh, which is obviously an argument that, uh, that Michael Jordan was right uh, in that politics and sports should not be completely uh, intermixed. And uh, I couldn't believe it. Like when I saw this campaign, it's as if Nike said, hey, what's the best thing we can do to make Clay Travis's book as relevant as it possibly can? And you know what happened? The minute this ad campaign came on, my phone blew up with people wanting me to come on the radio. One of them was Laura Ingram at Fox News. She's got ah. one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest shows in the country. My phone immediately blew up. I'm going on her show today. Oh, can I you mean, please wear a boobs t-shirt? Yeah, that would be amazing. It's actually her radio show. I'm not oh, going to be on her okay. TV show right. yet. Uh, yet, although I think there's a decent chance that I'll be on television tonight talking about it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it's for me personally, there couldn't be a better controversy to emerge with my book coming out. I mean, I, I'm a beneficiary. There's no doubt about this. I okay. couldn't have scripted it better. So because of that, can we start doing cash giveaways to our listeners every morning? <laughs> then we'll I'm really going to go cash giveaways. No, because w- then we'll really be a, a true morning show if we do cash giveaways. I will give away cash if I go on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, so Mark, if you Mark want tape. To, yeah. Nice. Want, I, I, put me on the New York Times bestseller list with the new book coming out and on September 25th, Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, and we will the next day do cash giveaways on the show because I will have made a lot of money. Tyrone in Birmingham, what's up? Clay, I know you can't help it, but you, uh, a lot of your views come, I guess you would say, in a vacuum if I understand what that means. Uh, Tyrone, are you on? Are you on speakerphone? Yeah, Tyrone? am I the only person who can't hear Tyrone? I have, I, I can hear that he's not, talking, I'm but not, I can't hear. I'm not on speaker. I made sure I took it off speaker. Okay, you, try you not, hear me? try, yeah, try not to talk right, right up against the phone. Get away from it a little bit. Okay, um, but uh, Clay, um, I know <laughs> it appears that you look at things from a vacuum, and the Republican by sneakers too. I'm not sure. I know what he meant, but I'm not sure. Let me just put it like this. Okay, we know what the, the black, I'm just using just the, the black population is around 11, 12% in the U.S., somewhere in there, right? Yeah. And and we know the income levels are lower than which is you whites, right? Yeah. But if you, if you can get the data, I've been looking for it, just talking about Air Jordan shoes, that percentage, as far as the number of whites that buy down versus black, is going to be like the flip flop of the, the race demographics for its population. That's one thing, right? Whenever whenever new Jordans come out, you can go buy any Foot Locker in the country, and there's going to be a line out the door, which I it, it boggles my mind why I was able to do that. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to hear Tyreek. I, I think it's an interesting question. I think it's an interesting question. Nike had to run the demos on this. Wait, what, what, what was his question, Clay? I, I think in general his question was, what are the demos on people who buy sneakers? Right? Like, who is buying Air Jordans? Is it white people? Is it black people? Is it kids ages 12 to 17? Is it adults? Like, right? I mean, so, and to what extent does Colin Kaepernick uh, impact that? I think what's going to happen here, this is my personal opinion. I think that Nike is going to find out there are a lot of people like me, parents, who will make a decision because they feel like Nike has put them in a position to have to decide, am I going to give my money to Colin Kaepernick or not? Instead of thinking, am I going to give my money to Nike or not? In my head, I'm thinking, am I going to give my money to Colin Kaepernick or not? Am I going to support what Nike has decided to do? And my answer is no. And I don't think that's good uh, for sports in general or for companies in general. I don't think every time I walk into a store or consider whether I buy a product or not, I should have to consider the politics of the person, the company that is producing that product. But I think when they do things like this, when Nike makes a decision like Colin Kaepernick, I think they put me in a position where I feel like I have an obligation to contemplate that. And I don't think that's a rare position. I think there are people who will take the other side and say, I am going to buy Nikes because of this. But I just don't think that's good. I think what should sell is the product's quality. And I think that's what Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and a lot of other athletes of their ilk represented for most of my youth in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. What's going to be my calling card, the reason you're going to want to buy my product is because of my dominance in sport. I don't know that, I again, I, again I, I can't keep up with my mentions right now because this is an unbelievable controversial topic. I don't know that there has ever been a non-athlete to receive millions of dollars from Nike. Colin Kaepernick is not a current athlete. Every other shoe deal that I can think of has always been predicated on how good of an athlete are you. The hallmark for that shoe is shoe's very existence was excellent. Who is the 400th best NBA player? They don't have their own shoe contract, right? Colin Kaepernick's like the 400th best if he were playing NFL player. He has a shoe contract because of his protest. Therefore, his political opinions are being rewarded by Nike and I'm going to make the decision not to spend my several hundred dollars a year that I spend on athletic apparel on Nike products. Now, I'm not going to go into my closet and burn all my old Nikes and stuff like that, but I think Nike has put me in a position of having to make a decision on politics. Let's get a couple more of these calls in before we go to Alex Marvez. Uh, who's up next? Damian in Jacksonville? Morning, Claire. How are you doing? Excellent. Hey, look, bro. Look, man, you are a very smart dude, man. And I really don't understand for the depth of me why you on this radio this morning acting dumb. We all know that Nike is a global company. It's not an American company. We all know that Nike understands that the majority of the world sides with Kevin Kaepernick. I, hold on. I don't believe that that is true at all. Do you think you that people... Do you think that people uh, in... Uh, I, I don't know, in, in foreign countries really care that much about Colin Absolutely. Kaepernick? Absolutely. 
I, I do not Absolutely. think that's the case. And by the way, just because they're a global company doesn't mean they make the right decision. Companies make wrong decisions no, all the time. But Clay, Clay, from a from a business perspective, they understand that they can get a lot of revenue from people outside of America who understands what they're trying to do with equality. But you don't understand that because you live in Tennessee. Are you in a box? You, so you started off by telling me that I was smart, and now I don't understand how the world works. Here's how the world and works, Damien. Nike pays. Hold on. Ni- hold on. Nike pays three dollars a day to the people who make Colin Kaepernick's new tennis shoe. Three dollars a day. Are those people going to be buying Colin Kaepernick's shoes? Are there very many people in poor countries all over the world who are going to be spending hundred and fifty dollars on shoes? Nike makes all of their money off of global uh, capitalists who live in countries that have high standards of living. The amazing thing about Nike is they have been accused of sweatshop sweatshop labor practices, uh, which I think have had a lot of validity. They are paying right now $3 a day to the people who make like LeBron James's equality shoe about how everybody should be equal. I think a little bit of pressure on Nike could be, hey, if you're going to require an American consumer to pay $200 for your new shoes, shouldn't you pay Americans to make them? I don't think that's a ridiculous question to ask. I think that's a question that somebody like Colin Kaepernick, who wants to be a social justice warrior, should have to answer. Hey, Colin, do you think it's appropriate that if you care so much about the mistreatment of minorities in America, shouldn't you care that Nike is only paying $3 a day to workers to make your shoes all over Asia? I think those are questions that, that Colin Kaepernick should have to answer. Of course, Colin Kaepernick's never had to answer any questions, hardly. Because all he does is sit around and share memes on Instagram. But I don't buy into the fact that all over Africa and all over Asia and all over uh, all these countries that have standards of living where people are hoping to be able to have enough food to eat, that suddenly they're going to be like, hey, I'm going to go spend my money on Colin Kaepernick products. I think that's a ludicrous proposition. I think Nike should be more concerned about people like me who have lots of money and have lots of options when I walk into a sporting goods store and I decide not to buy their product. Let's go to, uh, let's see, Keith in Iowa. Keith, what's up? So I've been a Nike fan my whole life. Born in 72, and this really has me thinking. I have a lot of Nike shirts, sweatshirts, and this is the first time in my life that I cringe, and it's all because of your show. I mean, I'm a, I'm a businessman, and I am appalled that Nike would go against uh, the NFL contract. They're buying the hand that feeds them. So yeah, that's crazy to me, morning, a crazy aspect of this story. Yeah, I agree, Clay. Uh, I appreciate the call. Do we have anybody else that I need to go to, or we take a break in here? What do you think, Danny G? Quickly, James and George has been holding for a half hour. All right, James and Georgia, what's up, my man? Hey, hey Clay, I got three points. Try to make real quick. First of all, I think the initial report of this story with Yahoo concerning uh, Kaepernick and his deal, I don't think it's going to be the way that they initially reported. I think it's it's not going to be Nike just funneling the money to an athlete who is not currently playing. I can't see him making that decision. Secondly. Hold on, let me respond to each of these for people out there who may not know. Now, uh, Yahoo reported that Colin Kaepernick is going to make millions of dollars and that this is a signature deal that will have his own shoe line, that will have his own apparel line, all of those things, that it's not just like a one-off print campaign thing, that this is a long-term commitment 
featuring millions of dollars that Colin Kaepernick will receive as much as the highest paid NFL other players might be receiving for their apparel deals. Okay, continue. All right. Uh, secondly, as far as uh, Mikey taking his stance, as far as uh, following their money and alienating customers, this happens all the time when you have corporations and CEOs who only uh, contribute money to one political uh, political party, whether it's Republican or it's Democrat, or you have uh, actresses or a- and actors who come out with their viewpoints regarding who they support as candidates or what party they support. And it doesn't really hurt their movies or hurt, hurt those companies, bottom line, unless you're a diehard supporter of that, of that party and you're like, okay, I'm not going to go see this actor or actress movie because they don't like my candidate or I'm not going to buy any products from Home Depot or whatever store it is because their CEO or founder is supporting a party that I don't agree with. People I do think that, in, general, in general, James, I think you're right about that. I would distinguish that there's a difference between uh, going to a movie. Like, I'll go see the best Tom Cruise movie. The new Mission Impossible was incredible, regardless of what religion or politics he is, if the movie is entertaining, just like I would go watch an athlete play, regardless of their politics. But I don't have to then take the next step and support their like jersey or their shoe. So I think there's a little bit of a difference there. I do agree with you in general that, first of all, I don't think that companies should only donate to one side of the political equation. If I were running a company, I would donate to Democrats and Republicans evenly because I think that would be good for business. Continue. I am a last thing. <clears throat> it's concerning um, your uh it's not to say you're bashing Kaepernick, but your criticism of Kaepernick as far as his skill set. Kaepernick, in my opinion, he's one of the few – well, he's not one of the few, but there's only like three quarterbacks, in my opinion, who when their talent has left from free agency or retired or injured, been able to carry their team. When Kaepernick, he had talent. He was a good quarterback. He was like most of the quarterbacks in the league who, when they have talent, they can perform well. When they don't have talent, they suck. And only Brady, Rodgers – and I really think Cam Newton are guys who, despite the talent they have around them, whether it's good or great or terrible, they are able to win games best upon their skill set. And Kyler Kaepernick falls in the category of the Matt Ryans and all those other guys. If you don't give them, if you don't give them elite talent, all they can do for you is put up numbers where they can't win you a damn game and they end up missing the playoffs. And you look at those guys, like, and some of those guys, like a Phillip Rivers, who always have talent or have talent, but just seems to make stupid mistakes and mess up and, and shoot themselves in the foot. So, to me, Colin Kaepernick, after you get past those three quarterbacks, you maybe throw four or five, he's like the rest of those guys. Those guys can't win unless, unless they got, you know, great receivers, great running back, great defenses. And even then, some of them still can't win. Yeah, good call. I would say I think Kaepernick at best is somewhere around the 28th to the 40th best quarterback if he were in the NFL. One of the worst starters or one of the better backups. I think that's roughly where you would put his skill set when he left the league. I think that's about accurate. I don't think any of those other guys have Nike television, Nike uh, shoe contracts, apparel deals. Uh, Up next, we'll talk to Alex Marvez. I'm Clay Travis. Southgate, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. 
When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let me bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking there, then we'll go to Alex Marvez. All right, Clay, let's give you a Geico scoreboard. College football top 25 matchup on Monday night as number 20 Virginia Tech beat number 19 Florida State on the road 24-3. Hokies quarterback Josh Jackson had 207 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and the Seminoles lose in head coach Willie Taggart's debut. Tennis Roger Federer was upset by journeyman John Millman in four sets in the fourth round of the U.S. Open last night. Millman's from Australia. He's not ranked in the top 50 in the world. Federer had 10 double faults. Baseball games of note. Rockies edged the Giants 9-8. Colorado moves back on top in the NL West. They're a half game up on L.A. Dodgers fell to the Mets 4-2. Diamondbacks are a game and a half out in the NL West. They lose to the Padres 6-2. Brewers get by the Cubs 4-3. Milwaukee holding on one of those wild card spots in the National League's four back of Chicago in the NL Central race. Cardinals lose to the Nationals 4-3 in 10 innings. St. Louis is one game up on L.A. for that last wild card spot in the NL. It was the Astros over the Twins 4-1, while the A's beat the Yankees 6-3. Houston still with a two-and-a-half game lead on Oakland atop the AL West. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Indeed, summer's here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing so you can be part of the action with free services from AutoZone. You can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Speaking of in the zone, love him always as a guest. He's Alex Marvez. Alex, what in the world was the NFL reaction when this Colin Kaepernick advertisement went out yesterday? I think they're stunned, to be quite honest with you. is sort of my, the impression that I'm getting. Apparently there is a meeting next week, and just it was under standard protocol from what I'm understanding uh, of the NFL going to be meeting with Nike. And, uh, of course, Nike looking to make some shekels for themselves, right? And, and that's all, you know, they're, they're in business for themselves. What's good for me is good for me. And, of course, when you consider the NFL and their legal situation, one has to wonder if they're looking at nuclear options. Is there someone else where they can that can provide materials if they want to get out of this, you know, such as, you know, shoes, et cetera. Uh, you know, the, I think the bigger thing we're going to see here, too, is how many players end up wearing Colin Kaepernick merchandise on the field during pregame warm-ups, et cetera, to try their support, to show their support for him. Uh, of course, this now, this in the National Anthem Protocol, one of those things that has the, the possibility of derailing the first week of the NFL season where people aren't going to be talking about the action on the field, which is what the NFL wants. Instead, they're going to be talking about the anthem, Colin Kaepernick, and all the same things that you've been trying to get away from talking about for a couple of years here. <laughs> totally. Um, now, also, would the NFL have the balls, the balls, the intestinal fortitude to exercise uh, a, a out in their contract? Because I think they certainly could do it now and say, you know what, you're done with us, we're done with you, Nike, because this is a slap in the face to us. I'm very confident they could get out of their Nike apparel and shoe contract if they wanted to. Would they have the intestinal fortitude to do that? Well, it, but the thing is this, Clay, to do this sort of thing, that the bombshell that they drop on Labor Day with Colin Kaepernick, okay, this is tough to replace all that material yeah. going into a season. You, you know, you got to make, make sure that your uniform's look good, right, and, and look professional. I mean, this, and they're selling merchandise. They're still going to make money. I mean, that's the big question, too. I mean, does this, how does this sell if the NFL says, okay, we don't care, are people still going to buy their stuff, or is there going to be a huge Nike backlash that's going to be going on here where people say they will not have anything to do with Nike? You already hear stories of people, you know, destroying Nike apparel that they have, which I find interesting onto its own since you're the one that bought it, or, or you know, taking off the logo, et cetera. I mean, you know, it's, it's an, again, another divide in our country that's coming up here. And, and you know, it, and it's sort of, I don't want to say scary, 
But one has to wonder, where are we going with this? If you see a group of people wearing Nike, are they going to get confronted by people that say, well, you know, this stands for something that I don't want it to stand for? And all of a sudden, does the Nike swoosh become associated with things that, you know, create issues for others? I mean, this is, I, I cannot begin to tell you how huge a deal I actually think this is. because now I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you on this, and are you of the opinion that I am that it's bad, right? Like, I mean, to me, what I love, and this is obviously what I've been preaching for a while about Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams to a large extent too, uh, and, and certainly Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras back in the day, the people who speak for Nike typically are speaking based on excellence. Now Nike is making the decision, we're going to have a relationship with a guy who is not among, even if you're a huge Colin Kaepernick guy, right? He's not among the best at what he does in the world. There's no de- nobody out there, I think you would even argue, oh, Colin Kaepernick's a great quarterback. And so far, most of what has been Nike's calling card has been your excellence will be your, uh, your ability to sell product. Now it's your politics will be your ability to sell product. I think that's a big departure. I think it's a bad move by Nike, but I think it's also troubling in a larger context because I'm a parent. I don't want to be walking through a shoe store trying to analyze the respective political decisions of companies in terms of what shoes I'm going to buy. Right. Well, how about this, too? I mean, do you want your kids confronted by people at school if you're wearing Nike? I mean, you think about it, right? If you're wearing Nike shoes, a Nike shirt, Nike shorts, et cetera, now all of a sudden it becomes you know, a template for, well, are you on the Colin Kaepernick side or not on the Colin Kaepernick side? Race issues become involved etc. And the point, again, gets muddled about this whole thing. Uh, you know, what is the Colin Kaepernick doing all this for, right? Is it for self-promotion? I mean, when you think about it, Colin Kaepernick set to make a pretty darn good penny here. Now, what he does with that money, we'll see if he continues to allocate his resources toward others. But you know what? It's a lot easier to be giving when you're making an income. And according to Darren Ravel of ESPN, Nike has been quietly subsidizing Colin Kaepernick, paying him his sponsorship money through all of this. The initial response pre-market right now, Nike stock down almost 2%. Uh, they are minus 1.61 right now, uh, which is uh, you know the, the dollar sign for them going down. So almost 2% decrease here in stock. So early on, the market isn't liking the direction that Nike is taking. Here is the – can you come back for the final segment? I know you got kid for obligations. You, yeah, it's okay. I'll put my family stuff aside. Like, you talk <laughs> about your kids, okay, and the headlights and all that. I'll go ahead. My daughter will get to school a little bit later because I'm going to be with you on the next segment. Uh, here I want to hit this before we go to break. The ad is believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. My biggest issue here is what has Colin Kaepernick actually sacrificed? He's making more money from Nike than he would as a backup in the NFL. And this is from Yahoo. Uh, it's a wide endorsement. He's going to have his own branded line, shoes, shirts, jerseys. I don't know what the jersey will be. Uh, there will be Kaepernick apparel. Contract is a star deal on par with a top-end NFL player. Millions per year. Star deals also include royalties. So Colin Kaepernick is making the same kind of salary that I don't know who's – do you even know who – like Odell Beckham Jr., is he a Nike guy? Like I don't know who else in the NFL is a huge Nike guy, uh, but those are the same kind of salaries that, he, that those guys would be making who are excellent at what they do. Well, they actually play. That's the yeah. amazing part, right? I mean, and could Colin Ka- Kaepernick have pursued another opportunity to play football? Could he have gone into the CFL yes. and played? And, and, and let's say he excels there. Look, teams are ultimately going to put aside the fact that, you know, they're going to they're going to weigh each market has its own decisions. I get it. You know, Jerry Jones isn't going to sign Colin Kaepernick. I understand that. 
Mike Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals, after the situation with Eric Reed, it's pretty obvious he wouldn't want to sign Colin Kaepernick. But if the guy's good enough, he's going to get a job with one of 32 teams. There were things football-wise that people did not like about Colin Kaepernick. There were questions about his commitment to the game after he decided to take a social stance about these things. I've talked with the team about this. Or I've, you know, My understanding is that his, uh, his chance, he went in, he talked with that team, and it ended up the team didn't like where his head was at. They thought, look, is this, what is this going to become? Is the guy playing football to play football, or is he using football as a platform to do something else? And that more power to him if that's the case, but we're not interested in going in that direction. So, you know, that's the whole thing. Colin Kaepernick, he has avenues to potentially play football, and if he was, you know, but again, I get where he's coming from, too, the fact that he can't get a job, the collusion lawsuit. If it is proven that NFL teams conspired against him to keep him from getting a job, then Colin could, should take these guys to the cleaners, right, because that's the wrong thing about it. There's so much that we don't know and so much that's still going to come out about this, even as this saga continues. We're, we're taking it to the next level now with this whole Nike thing. All right, we'll talk with Alex Marvez more. I'll ask him Nathan Peterman versus Sam Darnold, who's going to have the better debut as the new announced quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, respectively. We'll join him on the flip side final segment of Hour 2. But in the meantime, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Up next, more with Alex Marvez. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back uh, to the Geico Outkick Studios. Summer's here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing, so you can be a part of the action with free services from AutoZone. You can't lose. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Uh, and uh, my thanks to those guys as well. You can borrow up to $40,000 to pay off your high interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash iHeart today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash iHeart. All loans made by WebBank member FDIC equal housing lender. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's bring in my guy, Alex Marvez, who hung with us there through the break. Um, Alex, let's go quickly to the NFL, even though this ridiculous Colin Kaepernick-Nike decision has snowed over the NFL. Otherwise, we would have spent, easy example, all of your visit talking about games themselves. Instead, this Colin Kaepernick story has kind of snowed over everything. Who do you like in terms of better experiences in week one or better bets or better matchups, Sam Darnold or uh, Nathan Peterman as new starting quarterbacks? Oh, the Ravens against rookie quarterbacks. Ho, 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 ho. In the John Harbaugh era, one of the reasons they did not start Josh Allen, that rookie quarterbacks have thrown four touchdown passes, 13 interceptions in games against the Ravens I will say, at M&T Bank Stadium. I will say this, Nate Peterman, essentially a rookie, right? I mean, he barely played last year. The one time we saw him out on the field for an extended period of time, five interceptions against the Los Angeles Chargers. It was an absolute disaster, and that was just in the first half alone. But he was better in the preseason. I just think, though, this Ravens team, I mean, this, this is just really setting up for me for a Ravens win. You know, the Detroit Lions, I would say, okay, yeah, it's going to be a terrible day for Sam Darnold again, rookie quarterback having to start on the road. But these are the Lions. They, they've been awful <laughs> this preseason. I'm not really sure how, what to make of it. They had two sacks 
the entire preseason, and I don't believe any by the, by the first or second string defense or anyone that's of note. I mean, they're still shuffling their roster trying to bring in pass rushers. They just haven't been able to get any, you know, any juice when it comes to affecting the quarterback. And what Matt Patricia is doing there as well and Bob Quinn, they're trying to bring in defensive players with different types of skill sets so they can match up individually week to week against different teams, a la the Patriots, right, and how they have very game plan specific uh, te- you know, situations for their opponents. So it's going to take a little bit of time in Detroit. So I'm not as bullish on betting I'm taking the Lions as I would be on taking the Ravens. In fact, I think that's pretty much a lock of the week right there to take Baltimore. Le'Veon Bell, what's going to happen with him not appearing yet? I don't think he's arrived yet with the Steelers now that week one action is uh, just a couple days away. Well, we're all sitting here waiting. Does he show up today? Does he show up tomorrow? How, How close can he cut it to still be on the field for week one? And if he doesn't show up, and play in week one, Clay, he loses $855,000. That's the salary that Le'Veon Bell loses each week by not arriving. But if he is entrenched in his ways and he says, you know what, I've already made $15 million or so, I'm going to wait and I'm going to try to force a trade by the Pittsburgh Steelers to a team that will give me the contract that I want, well, maybe we're going to see that type of situation. Adisa Bakari, his agent, has gone really quiet. You're not hearing anything from either side. One has to wonder if we're seeing a redo of the Khalil Mack situation here where the Steelers realize, hey, this guy, we're going to blink because we don't think he's going to show up until week 10. And at that point, he can play the final six games of the season, get his accrued uh, you know, compensation time for free agency. You need to have a minimum of six games uh, on an active roster in the regular season and then become an unrestricted free agent in 2019 that the Steelers wouldn't be able to tag because it would be cost prohibitive. If you think Le'Veon Bell is so entrenched that he's going to do that, well, what you should be doing is allowing the agent to talk to a team like the New York Jets, talk to a team like the Indianapolis Colts, or whatever other interested suitor there might be to say, hey, can we work out a deal just like it was with Khalil Mack when he arrived in Chicago, put pen to paper, boom, got his contract signed, and he's off and running, and the Bears are thrilled. But the Raiders, they, you know, they fell into the picks. I'm not, I'm not going to judge. I think the trade is, is not a good one, but they fell into the picks because of the need by the Bears. Is there a team that's willing to give the Pittsburgh Steelers adequate compensation that makes it worth their while to get rid of the Le'Veon Bell headache? Because all we're going to talk about with the Steelers from this point forward until he's there is Le'Veon Bell. No team does self-induced drama better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. You just mentioned Khalil Mack, and we're talking to Alex Marvez. He's going to be joining us, by the way. Make your uh, reservations on Monday to break down everything that happens in the NFL in hour two. He's awesome at what he does. He's been with us for a while. Uh, I want to make sure we get as much of him as we can. Uh, But quickly here, what happened with Khalil Mack, and uh, do you think it'll happen with Le'Veon? Yeah, see, that's why I'm wondering about Le'Veon and if the Steelers just say, is this worth our while? And is there a team that's willing to give up something? If they know the Steelers are, are desperate to get rid of them, are they willing to give Le'Veon Bell not only give up the draft pick compensation, but, Clay, we're talking a deal here that's wide receiver money. That's what Le'Veon Bell's been insisting upon, $16 million a year on the average. Of course, a lot of upfront money as well being a running back. But, see, there's no other running back that's pushing the market like Le'Veon Bell. One has to wonder, okay, if it's a team that's in free agency, they don't have to give up the draft picks. Sure, they may be willing to sign Le'Veon Bell since this is monopoly money to so many teams anyway. The Jets, for example, they have $89 million available under the cap next year, as it stands right now. $89 million. If you give Le'Veon Bell a contract worth $16 million a year, you know, okay, fine. You know, who cares? You still have all the sample money to play with because you're Great stuff, as always, from Alex Marvez. Hour two in the books. Up next, Joel Klatt and Petros Papadakis in hour three. We are loaded here on Outkick.
Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Last night, Virginia Tech absolutely delivered a beatdown in Florida State's home opener. Willie Taggart's debut as the new coach at Florida State, replacing Jimbo Fisher did not go well. If you are a Virginia Tech fan, you had to be absolutely ecstatic. He is up early with us on the West Coast. He called a lot of games over the weekend, uh, I believe, starting with Oklahoma State, then moving to Oklahoma and watching the beatdown that Lane Kiffin got. He is Joel Klatt. He is the lead Fox College football analyst alongside of Gus Johnson. Joel, my man, uh, what stood out to you the most from week one? Oh, my gosh. The list is long but distinguished. Um, I would start <laughs> with the fact that I think that the SEC had an incredible week. I mean, to, to open 13-1, and one, to have some of the wins that they did, to go 4-1 and one against other Power 5 conferences, that was strong. In particular, LSU's win over Miami, Auburn's win over Washington, that's two top 10 wins over Power 5 teams. That, that's a big week. So I think that was probably the overall standout occurrence um, was that conference because let's face it now we're in day and age in this subjective playoff era and committee era that it really matters what your conference is maybe even more than what you are when when it comes time to evaluate at the end of the season so uh, that was a huge feather in the cap of the SEC they certainly played well I'm just feel sorry for the conference that Tennessee decided not to join the party (laughs) Got to get a dig in there. Uh, I asked my crew to vote. I mean, it's not vote. a dig. They're 13-1. Uh, most impressive top 25 win in week one of college football. Uh, LSU over Miami got 48% of the vote uh, from my crew. Auburn over Washington was number two. Number three, Virginia Tech over FSU. Number four, Notre Dame over Michigan. All right, this is one of the fun things about the college football road is we figure out over the course of uh, the season what the impact is of all of these different games. Which do you believe of all the games we saw in week one will have the most impact in November? Is it Auburn and Washington? Is it Notre Dame and Michigan? Is there some other game out there that you saw where you think, hey, this one's going to become a major issue as we move on throughout the the fun ride that is the college football regular season? Yeah, something tells me that it's, it's not going to be LSU and it's not going to be Virginia Tech because I don't expect either of those teams to win their conference. Right. So I think that the, the game is Washington-Auburn, right? That's the one that's going to resonate deep into the season because, quite frankly, I still don't think Auburn's going to win the SEC. I think Georgia and Alabama are both better than they are. Um, and, and so at that point, if Washington's able to go on and win their conference, which I suspect that they probably will after seeing them because there are elements of that game which I was very impressed with them in particular on defense but I I'm gonna find it really hard for the committee to include them into the playoff if their loss is to Auburn who wasn't even in their conference championship game so that's the game that I think is going to resonate for a long long time maybe second on that list will be Notre Dame and Michigan because we'll see how those two teams pan out and if Notre Dame is able to get to 11 wins and they're able to, with that schedule, post that number, I think people will look back on that win and, and look at it as a huge resume builder. Jim Harbaugh is now 9-9 nine and nine in his last 18 at Michigan. What has gone wrong for Michigan? How much alarm should Wolverine fans have in the wake of that performance against Notre Dame? 
Well, gosh, I think that can Clay. I think both things that I'm about to say can be true. I think that Michigan is still fine, and I think that you can be really alarmed, about both at the exact same time. And and the reason that I say that is I'm so excited and trend, I'm so scared, as Elizabeth Berkeley uh, put it so well in Saved by the Bell. Oh, what a great! Isn't that the sleeping pill oh, episode? Yes, uh, energy pills. I think yes. So That's what you should have gone with there. Okay, yeah. let me get back to the. Okay, we're we'll going on a tangent forever. Okay, listen. Here's the deal: nine and nine is not good. The alarming part is the offensive line. The trends that they are not able to protect the quarterback. They're, they were not able to line up and run the football like we would have expected, like a Stanford Jim Harbaugh team to do. That's alarming, and so the game ends up being thrown completely on these quarterback shoulders that he runs out there. And he hasn't had great quarterback play, and in large part because of the offensive line. So that's an, an issue, and it's got to get corrected. I also thought there were some very curious play calls in that game. Listen, running speed option out of the shotgun and Washington and Michigan both did this, I think is a really bad look. Now, they can, I, I could also tell you that they, they shouldn't be as concerned as people are suggesting, right? The sky is not falling. And, and here's how I would broach that subject. I'm going to give you four teams. I'm going to ask you who you were most impressed with of the four. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Washington. I think it's really easy to draw the conclusion that you were more impressed with Washington and Michigan in losses than you were Michigan State and Penn State in wins. Yes. No, I think that's very fair. And I think oftentimes in college football, we deride a team for challenging itself and losing a tough opener. Uh, as opposed to praising a team for beating a, a a team that's vastly inferior in week one. I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. Uh, a team that looked incredible, and and I think it may, may all be playing for second if Tua Tagovailoa sound, stays healthy. What did you think about Alabama? What did you think about Tua versus Jalen Hurts now that we saw them both on the field again for the first time since the national championship game? And what did you think of the way Nick Saban responded to Maria Taylor in the postgame? Oh my gosh, lots of questions there. I love yeah. I love getting into all of that. One, um, Alabama is so clearly the number one team in the country right now that it's not even funny. Because I was not all that impressed with Clemson. I would have said they were a clear number two. But let's face it, they only had 27 points at halftime on Furman. And Kelly Bryant was still playing in that game late in the third quarter. So it's, it's not like they were all that impressive. Meanwhile, in a Power 5 matchup, Alabama still has the number one rush defense. They gave up less than one yard per carry to Louisville. I know Louisville's not going to be great this year, and they're clearly kind of finding their way in the post-Lamar Jackson era, but that was a dominant win. And Tungavailoa, I tell you what, man, this guy, he has transformed them into a program that has a dynamic quarterback. We've never seen that before. We thought Hertz was dynamic a couple of years ago, but we've all known that he's got some restrictions when it comes to the passing game. And if, if I were Jalen Hurts, I hate to say this because you know me. Listen, my dad's a Marine. I've never quit anything in my life. Like, I would think about transferring because I don't know if he's going to get back on the field, Clay. And, and maybe he shouldn't, right, save for injury. Uh, Tua is a heck of a player, and, and I fear, like, we might be all playing for second place right now and Saban might be heading for his seventh national title. If he does that, I've already made the case that he's the greatest of all time. If they win it again this year, I think it cements his legacy as the greatest coach in the history of our sport. What did you think about the interaction after the game? 
the interaction, I'm sorry, I, I passed over maybe the lead. Um, it was unfortunate, and and quite <laughs> quite frankly, he's better than that. He should know better than that. The question was totally fair, and he made it a story because he wouldn't announce a starter. Listen, yeah. if you're not going to announce a starter, you have to understand that we're going to ask about it, in particular at that position. If you don't announce a starter at left tackle, Maria Taylor's not going to sit there and say, what do you think about your left tackle play, and, and can you evaluate the two guys that you ran out there? Nobody cares about that. But it's the quarterback. There's one that we think is clearly better, clearly played better in the game. And Nick, by the way, clearly thought he played better in the game, which is why he reacted the way he, that, that he did. He's smart enough and experienced enough to know that that question was coming, and he should have been able to answer that very well and said, listen, I was really happy with both guys. They both did really special things, and we're going to evaluate the film and move on like we always have. I mean, if he gives that answer, is that is that a bad answer? No, of course not. And he avoids the entire controversy, and I'm just thankful that Maria is such a pro and handled it as well as she did. Yeah, you know, I was disappointed in Saban for only this reason. He's smarter than that. And when you get an opportunity yes. to talk to six or seven million people in their homes, you're basically doing an advertisement. You knew that question was going to get asked. Just say exactly what you did. It's not that difficult of a question for him to handle. Um, we're talking to Joel Klatt, uh, lead college football and, and analyst Clay, for Fox Sports. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you, but you can praise both guys and make every kid watching in their living room say to himself, "I want to play for that guy." Yeah. You know, I don't like think there's any saying. doubt at all. And you could also do coach speak and say, hey, you know what? I saw a lot of things I liked. I saw a lot of things I didn't like. They, they made enough mistakes to get our ass beat by a lot of teams that are going to be on our schedule the rest of the way. we got to get better. That's a perfect Saban answer, right? Uh, even though yep. both those guys were really good. What's amazing, you hit on it. Nick Saban, five national titles in nine years. He also won one at LSU. He would be going for his seventh, which is unheard of. Uh, to me, what's amazing about Saban's dominance is he has never had a great quarterback, a first or second round draft pick in his time that he has coached full time. Now he draft he he recruited Jamarcus Russell at LSU, never really got to coach him. Uh, but so he's never had that transcendent talent at quarterback. If you look at Dabo Sweeney, he had Deshaun Watson. That was a big reason for a lot of Dabo's success. If you look at Urban Meyer, he had Tim Tebow, who he won a lot of games with, obviously, at Florida. He's had really good quarterback play over the time. I think Hassan's going to be really good for him at Ohio State. And certainly, Jimbo Fisher has had first-round quarterback after first-round quarterback. Saban, for me, Tua is like a cheat code for him. He's like suddenly you got unlimited lives in Mario Brothers back in the day when we used to play those games. Um, I don't even know that we're aware of how, how high the ceiling for Alabama can be if suddenly they have a first or second round caliber quarterback. Yeah, that's a scary proposition, you know, because we already know that they are the number one NFL factory in all of college football, right? I mean, they lose, it seems like, eight guys a year get drafted, and, and the majority of them are in the top two rounds. Um, that It is certainly a scary proposition, and I think – you know, what we've seen is that we've seen Saban evolve, but he, he's done it in a less drastic fashion and in a more controlled fashion than some other coaches around the country. And let me tell you, you know, how I arrived at that conclusion. We've seen some other coaches that have been great defensive coaches that have reacted so fast and almost in, in, a, in a pendulum type way in the way that they run offense. Gary Patterson was one of them when he went to the Trevon Boykin offense with Sonny Cumbie and Doug Meacham as his coordinators. We saw with Bob Stoops when all of a sudden he was like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to Lincoln Riley. I'm going to throw the football over the lot. 
Um, we saw even before that when he had, you know, Kevin Wilson in that 200, uh, 2008 offense with Sam Bradford. We've seen examples of that time and time again, and yet Saban has slowly transformed, understanding that even he, with those players, at times are going to give up 40 points, and he's going to have to score, you know, 40 points, uh, 45 points to win. Uh, here's a quick stat, because I, I go on with Skip Bayless all the time. I'm driving up, actually, to be on, on some of those shows today. By the Nick way, by the way before, before you go any further with that, is Skip Bayless arguing Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Nick Saban, the worst argument Skip Bayless has ever made? Yes. Yes, he is. It's a <laughs> terrible, terrible argument. And the only way that he can do it is, is Harbaugh's uh, NFL. in the NFL. And if you want to take the totality of their coaching resume, I think that you can make a potential argument, right? But, but that's only a potential argument because the college version is so swayed. Harbaugh's never even won a conference championship, much less a national championship. Meanwhile, Saban, since he was hired in 2007, has five national championships. The field has five, and they all had great quarterbacks to do it, like you're, to, to your point. So um, it's, it's an incredible article. But I want to go back to the stat real quickly. They've given up eight 40-point games okay, under Saban, eight. And they are four and four in those games. If you go and take a look at some of the other schools that are better than them in terms of the 40-point threshold – you get teams like Wisconsin, Ohio State, uh, LSU. Well, when you combine all of those teams that have given up fewer 40-point games than Nick Saban, they're 3-19 and 19 in those games. So I think this guy is just looking for ways to win those very you know, particular games in which his defense might struggle, and he's going to do that now with Tua. Last question for you. We're talking to Joel Clad. He's on his way into the Fox Studios to do television today. When you look at uh, at the at Oklahoma, you called their game, um, and I thought they were going to be competitive. FAU against uh, Oklahoma, I think you did as well. Instead, it turned into a boat race. How good is Oklahoma now? How good can Oklahoma be? I'm I'm really impressed with Oklahoma. In fact, in in my poll, I put Oklahoma up at number two uh, because what I saw was was pretty staggering. Now, I might be prisoner of my own game there, but their defense was. So much better. Remember, FAU was a top 10 scoring offense in the country last year. They had a 1,900-yard rush coming back in Devin Singletary, who had rushed for over 30 touchdowns. In fact, he had the third most touchdowns in the season in FBS history. And Oklahoma's defense pitched essentially a shutout. I mean, you know, they scored a couple uh, a touchdown late, but it was essentially a shutout. They were really good. If Oklahoma plays defense with Lincoln Riley as their play caller, they're going to be back in the playoff, Clay. And, and I was impressed with Kyler Murray. He threw the ball well enough. Their run game was dominant with that great offensive line and solid running back core that they have. So I was very impressed with Oklahoma. And for me, as of right now, Oklahoma is the number two team in the country. I said last question, Petros Papadakis is going to be on after we leave with you. I asked Petros last week how excited he was for college football to come back, and he said, eh, which is the perfect Petros Papadakis response. I also <laughs> asked you the same question. And you were ecstatic beyond belief. Uh, I know you and Petros worked together for a long time. How much do you miss him in the booth? I Listen, Petros, Petros is maybe the greatest guy of all time. First of all, you have to understand that I've done some of the worst football games in the history of broadcast television with <laughs> Petros. We did a, a Thursday night three-man booth, which is atrocious in and of itself, three-man booth of the Rice at UAB game before UAB lost their program at yes. Legion Field, 
And I mean, there were 32 people in the stands, and and it was atrocious, right? And late in the game, first of all, he buys this little UAB dragon stuffed animal, and he has it in the booth, and he was like shaking it in my face the whole night because he knows that I'm so type A, and I get really irritated at little things like that. So he's doing it the whole night, and I'm like, okay, can we just get out of here? Can we please leave Birmingham? And sure enough, at the end of the game, Petros leans over to me, and he's like, hey, hey. At least we haven't had a bad injury today. And then he starts laughing at his laugh. He's like, ha, ha, ha. I'm not joking you, Clay. Two plays later, a kid essentially breaks his neck. And he's, oh. they bring the ambulance on the field. And the whole time, Petros has this stupid UAB dragon. And he's shaking it in my face. And I wanted to rip it out of his hands. That's, that's what doing a game with Petros is like. I love the guy. Oh, my gosh. He's like a brother. Outstanding stuff as always. Go tell Skip Bayless he's full of it for that Harbaugh argument, especially now that you got some ammunition that Harbaugh is nine and nine in his last eighteen. Enjoy Undisputed, and we'll talk to you next week. You got a bunch there. That is Joel Klatt. Up next is going to be Petros Papadakis, the man with the dragon from UAB. Uh, but first, I've got to continue uh, with our advertisements here, and I got to tell you. Pros in the nose start with Lowe's and save 5% on eligible purchases every day made with a Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% savings in-store and online, subject to credit approval, cannot be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply. See store for details, U.S. only. Up next, he joins us every single Tuesday. Petros Papadakis on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in now Petros Papadakis, the Prince of Darkness, maybe, uh, following the Prince of Sunshine, uh, Joel Klatt. You literally are just coming after Joel Klatt, and he was telling us, Petros, about the great UAB rights game you guys did back in the day in Legion Field in Birmingham. Overtime, baby. Oh, it went to overtime. <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh, it was a that's good a- game. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, what did you think? I know you called Stanford against San Diego State. How good Stanford? They're okay. I mean, I think that they have a, a couple little weaknesses, but I think they're a lot more – dynamic than they were last year they have two big receivers that are really good possession guys uh, one of them went off jj arciega whiteside and they have obviously bryce love they have a little scat back named connor weddington who, who does a good job on the slot though he didn't get that involved in this one and the most impressive thing is they have that they have the two great tight ends they have the the kobe fleeners the zach Ertz, uh toy lolo Hooper, you know, they have a couple of those guys this year on the edges. And the quarterback is much better uh, than they've had in the last couple of years. K.J. Costello's really kind of taken that position over. So Stanford's really good is, is, is the answer on offense. On defense, they're still really young on their D-line. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. All right, I'm going to get into the big story of the day. Well, I'm curious on your end. What is the big story of the day? Florida State's sweet unis last night and all that awesome dancing before they got their ass beat? By the way, I don't know about you, but so I came back, I had my kids, and I didn't get to see kickoff of that game, but I put it on. 
And when I put it on, we're in an era now of college football where when I put on the game, even me, who is a huge fan, you're a huge fan, you've watched a lot of games, I don't know which side is which side when I put the television on. Does that make sense to you? Like, I put it on, yeah. and I was like, oh, is that Virginia Tech in, like, a freaky kind of in- uniform? Is 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 Florida State in a white version of the Seminole? Like, and so I had to sit there for a minute because I thought the Virginia Tech uniform looked more like Florida State, and I thought the Florida State uniform looked more like Virginia Tech. Am I crazy, or is that happening to you sometimes now, too? Sometimes that happens to me. It didn't last night. Last night, what struck me, not that it matters, is – that Virginia Tech came out looking as boring as possible in their away uniform. Uh, Florida State looked like it was going to do an outfit change in the middle of the game. I mean, that's how excited they were about their clothes and their whole swagger and the fact that the Digital Underground played the spring game. And Virginia Tech just ran them right into the ground. I mean, they grabbed their face and just grounded in the dirt with the run game. And it was kind of embarrassing. You know, it's like, you know what I liken it to? It's like when you go to a Halloween party and you're dressed up like Bo Peep or something, and then you get in a fist fight. (laughs) So now you're fighting and all angry and swearing and and running from the cops and and not acting like an adult, and and you're dressed like Bo Peep. That's kind of what happened to Florida State. What was the worst beatdown for a State of Florida team? Well, I'm not going to put FAU in because at least they were going up against Oklahoma. Who got beat worse, LSU against my? I mean, uh, Miami against LSU or Florida State against Virginia Tech? Well, there was no turnover chain. You know, we didn't get to see that thing come out, and LSU just ran them right over. And I like to see that from LSU teams when they get in some big games where they just zone people to the right and to the left like a like a vacuum. That that I really appreciated. But I would say Kiffins was the worst, even though I didn't have that option. Because yeah. I just think the FSU thing was all all swagger, no substance. And, and they, they're going to have to look in the mirror <laughs> uh, and, and collect themselves. But the way that the FAU Twitter was so excited and Lane was in his suit and they were out there in Norman and it was time to get to work and – they got absolutely bludgeoned. You know, it was like 40 points at halftime. Joel did the game. You just had him. Uh, yeah. That was pretty ugly, too. All right, I'm sorry I changed the subject on you, Clay. What do you want to talk about? So this whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Yes. It's finally gone. I think maybe we're just going to have the NFL kick off on Thursday, and we won't have to sit around and talk about Colin Kaepernick or the protests or anything else. And then Nike decides, you know what, we're going to decide to put this guy as the front-facing member of our advertising campaign, and we're going to give him millions of dollars, and we are going to bring him right back to the center of everything. And it's got me, and you're a dad too, so it's got me sitting around now. If I walk into an apparel store, and I think I'm fairly middle of the road, I would choose not to buy Nike product because – I am just like, why would you do this to us, Nike? Like, I don't see it in any way as a beneficial move. It's not like I'm looking to corporations to make the world a better place necessarily, but I am at least looking to them to make good decisions and try to appeal to as many people as possible, which is typically the goal of capitalism, right? You want to sell your product to as many people as possible, regardless of their race, their gender, their ethnicity, their religion, or what political party they support. And I got to be honest with you. That I'm not used gonna to buy be, Nike gear. Yeah, I mean that used to be the model. It, it 
at least I thought so, like it used to be you wanted to appeal widely, widely as possible, like a politician. That's what, that's what, that's what corporations want. They want as many people as possible to love their product. <laughs> and uh, obviously this doesn't do that. Now there's three levels of people here, right? As far as I can figure. There's the people that are cutting the logo off of their socks and burning their Nikes publicly on YouTube. And that seems to me pretty aggressive, like a small minority, right? Like, I've got Nike gear. I'm not going to burn it. I'm not going to do anything to it, right? Okay. Well, so that's I mean, you already paid for it, so the joke's yeah, kind of right. on you if you're doing yeah, right. that. But at the same time, even if it is a minority, it is going to be exploited, just like people burning their LeBron jerseys in Cleveland. Yes. So you have that. Then you have the people that are going to applaud Nike like Nike is Greenpeace yep. and like Nike is, is running around in the Pacific screaming at, at Japanese whalers to stop. You know, people are going to act like Nike is this progressive bastion, this kind of moral authority, and what they've done a great thing. And then you have people like me, I think, that are just confused as to why anybody would want to do that other than just be self-righteous and preach to the public about what they think is right, why anybody would want to do that, because obviously they're going to alienate a lot of Americans that otherwise would enjoy the product. I don't like Nike for a whole different reason. I became a literal cripple in a Nike cleat, which just folded in half on my right foot, and I'll never get over that. So I don't wear Nikes for that reason. But... I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. You know, it's not like it's OJ. You know, I don't think Colin Kaepernick is necessarily an evil or bad now that person. Would have been, or, you want to get some attention, put OJ in your shoes. Yeah. Now, that, that would have been a move. You know, uh, I don't think but, he's an ill-meaning person. You know, I think that that he, he certainly has a, a cause and something he's doing and that he's clearly passionate about. But also, you know, Colin Kaepernick could have played football. He could be playing football right now. You know, he uh, he just turned down a lot of different teams. He wanted to be a starter. He wanted starter money. From what people understand, most NFL teams, I think, are doing the agent a solid by not telling people about negotiations with Colin Kaepernick or what went down whenever he visits these teams. So, to me, the message is just a little strange. It's it's a lot more convoluted than than anybody probably wants to admit that that, that is applauding this. Uh, the people that hate it probably the same, a lot more convoluted uh, than they understand, the people that despise it. And people like me just think it's not a great business move. And I'm not a corporate business person, but it just doesn't seem, it seems to fit in with the theme of your book, Clay. Let's put it like that. Republicans buy sneakers too. Uh, yeah. and by the way, I, I do think the market ultimately decides. And that's the great thing about living in a capitalistic democracy is everybody makes decisions for what they buy or they don't buy. Right now, the stock market doesn't open for another hour, but in pre-market trading, uh, the uh, Nike stock is down $2 a share, which would equate to a market cap hit of around $300 million. So the market is reacting here live uh, in pre-market trading. Nike is down pretty substantially and uh, the stock market is saying, we don't agree with this decision. It seems like it's going to have an alienating impact on your business. And I think Nike's going to be surprised by how negative this is going to get. And in general, 
I just I don't like the idea that everything I have to do in life, I have to assess the politics of every spending decision I make. Like I want to go into an athletic apparel store and just let my kids run around and pick whatever uh, shoe they want or just pick whatever shoe I like or whatever shirt I like, and I will, in the back of my head, be thinking now, uh, you know what, maybe I'll grab Under Armour. Maybe I'll grab Reebok. Maybe I'll grab Adidas instead of going Reebok. with Nike. Does well, Reebok Adidas used to be run by uh, a, a Nazi. Right? That's a tough break. Well, they I were brothers. Matt Smith, my radio partner, tells the story all the time. You know, they were brothers in, in Germany, and they didn't get along, and they were in the same town, and one of them opened Adidas, and one of them opened uh, uh, Puma. And one oh, was, wow. like, more cooperative with the Reich than the other. Of course, now they're not. <laughs> but Like, I, I would understand. Yeah, right. Now they're not Nazis. I would understand, in general, if a small shoe company decided to sign Colin Kaepernick for the attention that it would get. I'm just surprised that Nike would pay the guy millions of dollars to alienate some of their company. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm not an expert in marketing. And obviously, some people would say, well, you're talking about them, so that means they win. I, I don't know that that's the case when you're trying to appeal to everybody. And No, by Nike's the way, already a gigantic brand. And this is yeah. not the same as I am Tiger Woods and, and, and really trying to involve uh, black people in golf or stuff they've done over the years. This is, this is very, very different. This is... This is just a real middle finger to a lot of their customers, and 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 it, that's okay if 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 that's what their board is okay with, and they're willing to take that hit for some kind of moral high ground. Then it's obviously up to them, but I, I don't think it's a great business move. I'm not sure you'd find anybody that that would say it's a great business move. I'm sure there's a lot of people that will applaud it and think it's it's awesome. But that doesn't mean they're going to do well with it. Uh, and I'm sure the NFL's not pleased about it either. Oh, I mean, that is, that is the other aspect of this, is that they are the official shoe and uh, jersey maker, apparel maker of the NFL. Can you imagine the reaction in the NFL when this story broke on Labor Day week of their opening week of the NFL season, where instead of, we just had Alex Marvez on last hour. He's our NFL guy. And the number one story, again, in the NFL is Colin Kaepernick and how the NFL is going to respond to this affront by far. And people can say, well, you shouldn't talk about it. I'm kind of in the business of talking about whatever the biggest story is related to sports. And this is by far the biggest story. You're right. You're right. Hopefully, by the time I get on the air in Los Angeles today, the balloon will have been exhausted. And I can talk about myself and Stanford's <laughs> linebackers. But... uh I think you're right. Uh, the NFL's got to be livid. It's a it's a total narrative change. You know, it's like baseball getting mad at DeAndre Jordan for stealing the news when you know, Mark Cuban was chasing him around Houston and he was re-signing with Doc Rivers. It's like everybody was upset. A lot of the other sports because the NBA took that took that spotlight for a couple weeks. Now the spotlight is supposed to be clearly on who whatever country musician is doing the opening concert on Thursday and and all the different games and everybody doing their fantasy drafts and all that college football's in full swing. And the number thing, the number one thing we're talking about is a guy that we haven't seen in any uniform in, I don't know, what's it been three years, two years now, I think this is a yeah, second he's year never going to play playing. football again. You don't sit out for football. I don't care who you are. Uh, you don't sit out for two years, unless you're Ted Williams and you're going to fight world war two. You don't sit out for two years and come back and start taking contact again in the NFL. It's over. 
Outstanding stuff as always, Petros Papadakis. I really do appreciate you getting up early with us on the West Coast and coming to hang out every Tuesday. Don't you don't, don't you want to know where I am this weekend? Yeah, where are you this weekend? I mean, you're that anxious to talk to Danny G about your book? No, 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 no. I've got to get in an update, and I got we, we have now got I got to give credit to Fox Sports Radio. We have got so many ads now in this show that I you know we ultimately people say like what are you in the business of I'm in the business of just getting from one ad to another that's don't how we tell make people money. that don't tell them the truth it's the truth I leave mean, them we kind leave, of, leave, don't don't tell them that all you're doing is killing time before the next commercial that's <laughs> all we do we just fill you're the right. gap between commercials no uh, I'm where going are to you see your favorite coach that's why uh, I thought you'd want to know you're going to FAU go I'm going to see Harbaugh Oh, well, you yeah. got Western Michigan. Western, yeah, Michigan, Western Michigan. Michigan. Saturday morning, we have uh, Michigan Western. How nervous should Michigan fans be? I don't think. I think they'll be okay. I thought. I thought they. You know, it takes a second when you have a new quarterback, and the first game's always weird. Obviously, UCLA disappointed me, and if you had a football team that doesn't look like they could move the line of scrimmage at all, it's upsetting. But uh, to me, you know, that's a tough way to start. And when your team starts like that and you have a strong coach, I think they can recover pretty well and end up having a really good year. How bad was uh, UCLA to you? Uh, well, you know, they played a bunch of freshmen and they had that built-in excuse. I just thought Chip would be able to get that machine built faster. But at the same time, you know, they had a slow start his very first game ever. Of course, it was at Boise State, a little bit yep. different at the height of the Chris Peterson era. <laughs> And uh, they lost that game. And I did the next game. They almost lost to a very bad Purdue team. And then Chip went off and, and ripped off like eight victories. And that was his first year as a head coach at Oregon. So, uh, you know, there, there's, there's hope for everybody after week one. That's the great thing about college football. But at the same time, uh, very disappointed by UCLA. Outstanding stuff as always. Petros Papadakis, go follow him at the Old P. Listen to him, 570 AM Sports LA. Uh, as many of you will be doing later this afternoon who are waking up in Los Angeles listening to us. Eddie Garcia, what you got for me? Time for Geico's scoreboard. We'll start in college football. Number 20, Virginia Tech beats number 19, Florida State, on the road 24-3. to Seminoles lose, and head coach Willie Taggart's debut with the program. Tennis Roger Federer upset by journeyman John Millman in the four sets in the fourth round of the U.S. Open. Millman is not ranked in the top 50 in the world. Federer had 10 double faults. Baseball games of note, Rockies beat the Giants 9-8. Colorado's back on top of the NL West. Half game up on L.A. Dodgers fall to the Mets 4-2. Diamondbacks are a game and a half out in the NL West after losing to the Padres 6-2. It was the Marlins beating the Phillies 3-1. Philadelphia's 3.5 out in the NL wildcard. Nationals over the Cardinals 4-3-10. St. Louis still one game up on L.A. for that last wildcard spot in the NL. Astros over the Twins 4-1 and the A's beat the Yankees 6-3. Houston still with a 2.5 game lead on Oakland atop the AL West. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outlook the Coverage Studios. We are indeed in the Geico Outkick Studios where you got, uh, it's easy to say, 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Final segment of the show, uh, Tuesday edition, Nike stock is plummeting. I'll tell you how much. That's a tease. Next hour next on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back in. Final segment, Outkick the Coverage. I hope all of you are having fantastic mornings wherever you may be. 
Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. Summer's here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing, so you can be part of the action with free services from AutoZone. You can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Also, it's time. you got to get a hiring done. It's really difficult to get people hired right now because the unemployment rate is so low. Finding the right people for your business, if you're in the hiring business, you know how hard that can be. You know who is smart about making sure you get the right people? ZipRecruiter. If you go to ZipRecruiter right now, they can send you the best possible resumes to sort through And they can make sure that you are getting the best candidates out there. They find them for you. It's a powerful matching technology that scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You know what hasn't been smart? Nike's decision to go with Colin Kaepernick, at least if you consider pre-market trading. I messed up the math on this. Right now, Nike stock is down just shy of 3%. Over $2, about to drop below $80 a share. If you do the math on this, this means that Nike's decision to go with Colin Kaepernick has cost them about $3 billion in market capitalization for this stock based on the way that it's going to open. This is unbelievable. If you think that Colin Kaepernick was a good move for Nike, he better been worth $3 billion because that's how much the stock market in early pre-market trading is shaving off of Nike's stock price in the wake of their decision to go with Colin Kaepernick as a spokesperson. Again, as I am speaking to you right now, it is down 3%. Math is always bad for me. Live math, especially early in the morning, like I'm the worst possible uh, math guy, um, it's down $3 billion in market cap. Market cap, easy way to define it is uh, the amount of the stock price times the shares outstanding. Nike has dropped $3 billion in market cap, 3% this morning because of the decision to go with Nike. I don't know who said it, but you add up a billion dollars here and there, and soon enough you start talking about serious money. I don't know who came up with that quote, but a billion here and there, and pretty soon you start talking about serious money. Nike stock on, uh, again, as the pre-market trading goes on, it is moving towards an all-time hit out of the gate based on, I would imagine, a marketing decision. I can't imagine Nike has ever done anything that the market has reacted to like this and uh, shaved $3 billion off the market cap. If you're not aware, Nike made the decision to go and pay Colin Kaepernick millions of dollars to advertise their product despite the fact they had seen the hit that the NFL took. The NFL ratings down 20% as everything got way more political. I told you on this show, I will not buy Nike stock. As I mean, I will not buy Nike stock, certainly, but I will not buy Nike apparel or shoes for me and probably for my family. Certainly for me, if one of my kids throws a fit because he needs the latest Kyrie's or the latest LeBron's, I might still be willing to do it. 
but certainly I'm not going to voluntarily buy Nike apparel for me or my family. And there are a lot of people, evidently, that Wall Street believes are going to make the same decision, a lot more of those people than there are people who are going to buy more Kaepernick apparel. And as a result, Nike stock is down over $3 billion this morning. Uh, It will officially open in about 30 minutes. So we will see. That's a story to follow. Loaded show. Go download the podcast. We set an all-time high in August for most downloads. I love all you guys and gals. Appreciate you supporting the show. Go download it. Great show today. Joel Klatt, Petros Papadakis, and Alex Marvez. Lots of great discussion about college football and the NFL and Nike's decision. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for spending your morning with us here on OutKick. Be back tomorrow, 6 a.m., same bat time, same bat channel. This is OutKick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.